Amen. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you uh, being in service today. As I told you, my mom's in service, and uh, so I'm, I'm going to take this chance uh, to complain about something and uh, make sure that she's here to take up for me. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, I, 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 I told you at Easter, and I, and I say this every Easter, I'm, I'm, I'm your pastor, I'm really trying to help you through the big moments of life, and um, the Easter candy, and you may think, candy, is that, yeah, it's, it's really important. It really, really, truly is important. Um, the Cadbury mini eggs, not the, the big ones with the goop inside, but like the, just the chocolate ones um, that, that are only sold at Easter. Like, you've got to get these things. Well, um, not long ago, I, I guess because I, I keep, you know, I, I keep talking about these things, someone put in our care room, that, that room on the left that's there, you know, to, like we're, that room's there to do counseling and for us to pray with you right here, but they put on the middle of that table a huge, like, gallon bag of those things, and not only that, they wrote in black Sharpie my name on it, it just says Derek's, it's just, that's all that says it on the bag, it's just, it's over everything, and I got so excited, and so I go in there, and, you know, I was like, well, it, somebody's already been in these, like, someone saw the bag and seized their moment in defiance of the fact that my name was actually on these bags, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm spiritual, I'm not like, I'm not going to yell at anybody. But I have to say, the level of chocolate in this bag every week is going down and down and down. And I know how many I'm eating. I'm just going to let you people know something. You, you may not be aware of it, but when this building was built, Dale thoughtfully installed a camera directly across the door to that room. So we've been documenting the egg loss every week. We're going to review the footage, and there are going to be letters and emails that are going to start going out. Um, I'm not saying that I need all of it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying let's have a sign-out list or something, okay? Let's just, just, let's just know whose hands are going in the bag. I don't know if you people are washing or sanitizing. I just need to know where we're at with this, okay? I'm just, we're, going to, we're going to get this back in wrap. So, anyway, that's, that's my, my miniature soapbox for the day. All right, so, but please, I, I, my wife says I'm not allowed to eat anymore, so every, whoever's, whatever's in there now, somebody finished. Um, we are today going to be celebrating, I know moms, a lot today, but specifically, uh, we want to talk about something in Scripture that I believe is going to really share with us and, and illuminate um, really the heart of moms. Um, when we look at Scripture, when we look at God, uh, there's a lot of similarities, I believe, that we see between really the heart of God and the function of God and, and the heart and the function of some really great moms that are in our lives. Um, I don't know what your relationship with your mom is or what your relationship may be with what your kids are. Um, I, I do know this. We, we typically find in our lives some imperfect relationships. Um, there's many ladies in this room that they are, they, are, they are mom. They're living out the heart of mom, not because the people that they love on so much are their children, but because that's just the heart that God has given you, and you're just faithful in showing that and sharing that with a lot of different people. Um, but the one, the one part of God, the one person of God, of the three that we, we know from Scripture, that always to me seems um, so connected to the heart of the mom is the Holy Spirit. If you really think about what the Holy Spirit's up to, um, the Holy Spirit is constantly working towards our growth. Constantly working towards our growth. And, and I've learned, having my own mom very involved in my life, and, and watching my wife be a mom to our three kids, um, you're always, as a mom, you're always invested in the growth of people. Uh, the growth investment's a little different. Um, you have young 
infants that are completely dependent on you, and you do a really great job of helping them become more and more independent to the point that they become so independent that they don't come and see you enough and talk to you enough, and you almost kind of want them to be a little bit more dependent on you at times. Until ultimately then in later stages of life, then you, you start to actually depend on them some. But no matter where you're at in those seasons, you're always intentional. You're always caring about how your child is growing. Um, the Holy Spirit, just like the heart of a great mom, um, is, is there for everything. The Holy Spirit comes in when our salvation begins and is in it for the long haul. The very Spirit of God never leaves us, never leaves us alone. We're, we're never just left to our own demise. It's always that presence that's there, just like the heart of a great mom. Holy Spirit is very much invested in leading us, in leading us, showing us where to go. Um, our moms do a, a good job of that, even when we lose our tempers and don't want to appreciate it quite so much sometimes. For many of us, you've come to the place that I've come to in life to where you have a unique appreciation for your mom more so because of what you've now experienced as compared to what you could get your brain focused into of the years 14 through 18, right? So we see all this from moms. We also see this from the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to be talking about uh, a few things that, that really I think are very close to the heart of a mom. Communication, talking, and what they can do for us, what the Holy Spirit does for us without us even knowing about it. Just like a mom, always doing something for her kids, even in prayer, that they're totally unaware of. Um, so we're going to be in Romans chapter 8 today. We're actually just going to be in a couple of verses because uh, we're going to be talking about um, this thing of prayer and what the Holy Spirit does in it. Um, hopefully today, when you leave, uh, number one, I really want you to be encouraged when you leave today. Um, by what we talk about, but also want you to, to know some stuff that maybe you didn't know when you walked in. Or if you knew it, it, it maybe had, had kind of really gone to the back of your thoughts and the back of your mind, and, and God's Spirit really used an opportunity today to really bring this current to say, okay, now I'm really thinking about what really is life about, what really is going on. Before we jump into these two verses in Romans chapter 8, um, I do want to take just a second because really, all of Romans chapter 8, um, through the whole passage, is one of the best chapters in the entire Bible, but the writer, Paul of Romans, lays out for us some of what the Holy Spirit is really up to, is really up to. Um, when we read this um, chapter, here's some of the things, just as, a, as kind of a, a little bit of a, not timeline, but just kind of an, uh, a sampling of what is highlighted that the Holy Spirit is up to. Um, I just want to read a few of these to you. Verse 2, um, the rule of the Holy Spirit has set us free from the rule of sin. Right? That's, that's salvation. Um, who we were before Jesus was a person that sin had complete control over. In fact, sin continually was condemning us because we stood just guilty all the time. So sin was ruling. It was in charge. But when we're saved... The Holy Spirit is in charge. We have some things happening in us, and we have some abilities about ourselves to be able to be free from sin, um, which is highlighted a couple of times in this chapter. Verse 4, the Holy Spirit helps us to live the life that matches God's commands. 
If you've ever been in the same position I've been in, there's some, part, there's some times in my life where I've really doubted that I could live up to what I read in the Bible. I really thought, okay, like these are some serious statements. Like These are some serious commands. Like If this is really, God, what you expect out of me, I don't know that I can do all this. I, I've, I mean, I've had some questions, or I've tried to almost excuse myself out of it and say, well, you know, I, I probably can't do that. If I say that with the Holy Spirit living inside of me as a saved person, then I'm really denying who the Holy Spirit is and what He can do. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking an untruth against the Holy Spirit. Um, the mindset, in verse 6, the mindset of the Holy Spirit is life and peace. Uh, when, when we feel stressed, when we feel like life is just caving in, um, and we want something to happen, we can know, based on a steady game plan, that life and peace is something the Holy Spirit is wanting to work into our lives and wanting to work out of our lives. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit changes circumstances, but He's working towards life and peace. We are brought to life by the Holy Spirit that lives inside believers. We are new because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Verse 13 says the Holy Spirit helps us put to death sins. In other words, because of the power in us, and, and, and just to clarify, when Jesus told his disciples, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you. The Holy Spirit isn't just power. The Holy Spirit is a person. A person, like anybody you know, communicates. They speak. They act. They think. The Holy Spirit does all that. We're going to talk about ways that that comes out in our lives. But, but you don't just have like a, a, an internal battery from God kind of wedged into your soul. You have the very person of God thinking, speaking, acting in your life. Um, if, you, if you think of any device that you've ever acquired, any kind of electronics, when the batteries go dead, it's just done. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't run low. The Holy Spirit doesn't run out of resources. The Holy Spirit is working as a person in our lives, in us. All of God's children are led by the Holy Spirit. There's a direction that God wants us to go. Part of the Holy Spirit's job constantly as He's working is the Holy Spirit is trying to lead us. Um, if you notice, Holy Spirit wants us to follow. He leads. He doesn't shove. You ever had somebody that needs a shove in your life? Uh, I'm coaching baseball right now, um, and, and a couple of years ago, I was just helping out as an assistant coach with a team, and, and, and it, was, it was young baseball, so you have a lot of kids who just get on a base, and they just don't move. And I had a kid on first base, and I'm, my job was to coach first base, and the kid was not moving. I got a runner coming along, so I finally just had to give him a little bit of an encouragement nudge, right? I, like, I didn't shove the kid down, but it was like, okay, it's time for you to go. Boom, get off on it. That's not what the Holy Spirit does in our life. He's not pushing us in a direction. He's leading us. You know why it's great that he leads us? Because that means he's already where we're going. He's always present. He's always with us. We don't go ahead of him. Verse um, 13 through 16, uh, the Holy Spirit bears witness that we belong to God and gives us confidence that we are saved. Now, here's a bold question for you, and I'm, I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to tell you, I'm not raising my hand to encourage people to raise their hand. I'm raising my hand because I would answer yes to this question. Um, how many in here would say boldly, yes, I have absolutely at one time or multiple times in my life really questioned whether or not I was actually saved? You'd just be bold enough to just raise your hand. Yeah. Uh, you, you will come into that question. The Holy Spirit wants to bring resolve and answer to that. Our enemy wants us to attack it. The Holy Spirit wants to work towards affirmation of that answer of, yes, you belong to God. 
That's actually a process that we go through. If you've never questioned that, I applaud you. Um, but I have many times in my life. Um, if, if that's where whole, the Holy Spirit's working in your life right now, we want to we work with you with that as well. Verse 23, towards the end of the chapter, the Holy Spirit shows us that heaven is our ultimate eternity. It's our destiny that, that what the Holy Spirit is in doing, it, is doing in us now is not just helping us get by. We're working towards our perfect eternal existence in the presence of God. Now, before I start reading this chapter, this is what the Holy Spirit's doing. That sounds a lot like the stuff that God does. But many times in our lives, we can hear this is what God's doing. And, and, and if you haven't heard this much, like that's what the Holy Spirit, that's the kind of things the Holy Spirit's doing in you all the time. Now, there may be single miraculous acts, but these things are just a cycle in our life all the time. Growth, getting rid of sin, helping us know that we belong to God, giving us power in our lives to see and believe and have faith that God is going to do something amazing that we can't do on our own. This is the constant cycle. But sometimes we go, okay, but yeah, but that's you, God. That's not, that's not me. That's not the life I'm living. Before I read these two verses, um, just kind of to make sure that I'm not the only messed up kid in the room, um, I, I need to know, and, and you don't have to answer out loud, you don't have to raise your hand, but, but these verses... Um, are, are really good to encourage people who have ever realized you've been at a point in life to where things were stressful. They were messy. You didn't know exactly what to do. And maybe you didn't even know exactly what to pray for. Now, if you've never been in a state of life where you have any shaky circumstances, you may not be nearly as encouraged as I was studying this passage. But if you've dealt with any shaky ground, if you've ever questioned yourself, or your decisions, or your abilities, you've ever really wondered, like, really, what is a connection like between me and God? Like, what's really happening between me and God? Based on what I see going on, this is some pretty good ground to walk in and be encouraged in today. So I'm going to read through these, and then we're going to go over some things about this passage. Verse 26 and 27 is where I'm going to be in Romans chapter 8, and it says this, In the same way... The Spirit also helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because He, that's He, Jesus searches our hearts, He knows the minds of the Spirit because He, the Holy Spirit, intercedes, gets involved, gets in the middle of life for the saints according to the will of God. Now, something that's always seemed almost odd to me is, is the existence of prayer. Um, now, I don't question it. I, I'm like most of you. I know that we, I need it and probably don't do it quite enough. But if you really think through this, God knows everything, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's what we tend to really want to grab onto. God knows everything. So a lot of times we ask, then why does he need to hear it from me? In fact, it's almost odd. It's like we have a description of an actual conversation between the three persons of God here because ultimately God the Father is there being accountable for it all. 
Jesus is searching us. He's, he's discovering our thoughts and everything. Like, he knows all that stuff. He's seeing every part of us. The Holy Spirit then is, is, is communicating back even to God. So it's almost kind of like, well, what are we doing then if God knows everything? I mean, if you think about it, if, if, we, if we reduce God to be in any way similar to us, we tend to want to reduce and cut out things that are annoying and stressful. And if we imagine a perfect and holy God that could get annoyed, it seems like the thing that he would get annoyed at would be us. I mean, think about your day. If you could scratch something off your list of your day, wouldn't it probably be the person that comes in and complains to you all the time? Like, you could just scratch him off. Like, I don't need to hear it. It's all going to happen the same way no matter what. I just need you out of here, right? It would be something that just irritates you to no end. It would be the conversation that you know you're going to have that's going to be discouraging, and you just don't need it in your life, so you just scratch it out. It would be the person that is just stuck in the same place that no matter how much you love them and show them grace and give them good godly advice, they just seem to want to keep repeating doing the same thing. Scratch them off. right? Then the how, that's, that's probably kind of how we would work. So we, we really, I think we really do, though, need to understand when the Bible, the Bible doesn't say, you know what, this thing of prayer is kind of crazy, it's optional. No, it, it says pray continually as believers. The, the, we, we never find a scripture in the Bible that invites us out of prayer. We only find scriptures in the Bible that invite, invite us into prayer. So why in the world does a perfect and holy God add to his list information that he already knows? Why does a perfect and holy God add to his list a process of hearing and listening to people that inherently may be kind of aggravating, if you're anything like me, at least. So I, I want to I look at this before we go back and really kind of break this, this scripture down. Why does prayer exist? I think it's so important for us to know when we really look at what the Holy Spirit is doing for us in this passage. Why does prayer exist? Number one, God created everything to show His glory and His grace. We talk about that here at church, but, but a perfect and holy God created this world. He created people for relationship with Him because He's perfect. He, gets, he should get all the credit. So He created all this for His glory. In other words, so that He would get recognized as God. That's not egotistical because He's God. If I create something just to give me attention, that's prideful and egotistical because I'm a person full of faults. I don't deserve all credit and all attention. So for me, it's prideful. For him, it's perfectly reasonable. So that's what he created everything for. And why, again, are we created? That we would live in a way to call attention to God's glory. You know what moms are so amazing at? Many times, moms make things not about them. Now, I'm not saying it's an absolute rule, because some of y'all already see the looks on your faces. You're like, you don't know my mama. Well, maybe I do, and maybe I would agree. But I'm just saying, moms in so many ways, I know my mom did it. In ways that I don't want to go into, because I'll just continue to cry, <laughs> and we'll never get out of here, but... But I saw my mom do it. I see Wendy do it all the time. She does things so that it's not about her. And that's really how we're supposed to live our lives. We're supposed to take that kind of thing as an example and say, okay, God, if it's all for your glory, then I'm going to live my life in a way that then just points the fingers up to you. So if that's what our ultimate mode of existence is, 
then the next thing here is we give Him, God, glory when we depend on Him for the power and grace to live, right? So we realize, when we come to a place, we realize, okay, God, I can't just point to you by my, my natural abilities. Like, I tend to make things about me. So instead of making it about me, God, I need to depend on you and lean on you for that ability. So here's what prayer does. Prayer, as God invented it and created it, prayer for God's help and guidance for that is one way that he cultivates our dependence on him and shows evidence of him working in our lives for his glory. In other words, God gets glory when, he, when we get help. When we learn, even though we know God knows everything, that we need to go to him for prayer, for things that he wants to accomplish, then, then it's, it's a process that we learn to practice leaning into him and say, God, I don't know it all. I need your help. We're, we're, we're doing that in prayer to form the habit of willfully not going and just acting like we know it all. And what happens is when we pray a specific prayer, especially the clear, bold prayers that the Holy Spirit empowers our heart to pray, we pray a prayer like that that's undeniably not in our own power. When God answers it, we then have an amazing story that we put together to say, yes, this was prayed, this was led by the Holy Spirit. God did this. Only God could have done it. So guess what? All glory and honor and power go to Him. Stephen has taught me a lot about consistent prayer um, in his life, Stephen drives about an hour and something every day to work. And, and Stephen tells me sometimes um, what he's praying about. And many times, Stephen will call me and tell me that he's praying for me. But he doesn't pray so Derek has a good day. I've learned so much wisdom for how Stephen prays. Stephen prays that I make wise decisions so my family doesn't suffer. So that I can clearly point my family to God so he gets glory. Stephen prays that I don't screw up as a pastor so that the church doesn't get hurt, so I don't defame the name of Jesus Christ that I've proclaimed so that God will continue to get glory. See, the purpose of prayer that I see, I know, in Stephen's life is, is it's not aimed for my goodness, but it's aimed for God's glory. So number one, we've got to understand that about prayer to now understand that in the moments that we can't even seem to pray right, and figure out what's going on because life is in such a mess, then so what is it now that the Holy Spirit is doing with this thing that God made that does really have a pretty incredible purpose? I want you to listen to how it describes this process. It says the Spirit helps us in our weakness. There's a couple of areas of weakness specifically we know the Holy Spirit helps us in. Number one if you went back up until, I think it's verse 23, it talks about that we, we groan inside of ourselves um, for this, this inheritance that we have in heaven. In other words, we groan because we know that, that this life is broken because we know eternity is perfect. Have you figured that out? That things in this life don't just go perfectly? I mean, we tend to make sinful decisions and mistakes. Like, no matter how much order we try to bring to life, chaos seems to emerge. Multiple times this week, we have washed dishes at our house. And then these small individuals that we call our children get hungry. 
And, 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 and three kids somehow eat with eight plates. I don't even know how you do that, but you, they do that. And, and, and once again, it's chaos across the kitchen counter. You clean your house. It ends up getting messy within a couple of days. When you get everything done at work to go on vacation, you come back and it's a wreck. You work really hard on your relationships and everything is, is in your brain and you know what do you do, you know what to say, you know what not to say. And then six months later, we tend to see the same thing we saw nine months before. We, we tend to find more chaos. In fact, it actually proves really even God's own creation. So we have weaknesses inherently because, because we live in this world. In other words, it's not your fault that things aren't going well. You're not doomed, you're not cursed. Well, technically you are doomed and cursed if you don't have Jesus. But if you have Jesus, you're not doomed or cursed. Good news. It's not all because of what you do. It is the world we live in. But it's also because we have weaknesses. We have limitations. In the book of James, the letter that Jesus' half-brother wrote, in, in chapter 1, verse 8, he says this. He says, you know, oftentimes we don't get what we pray for because we are double-minded. In other words, we don't have the ability to just focus so purely on what God wants because we're so wrapped up with what we want. We, we really have trouble praying the right way, so then we end up don't, we don't really get what we should get because we're, we're not actually praying for the right things. We, we can't seem to focus. Can, can you focus? Do you focus really well all the time on one single goal and purpose? No, we see different things. We have, we have trouble really getting down to what really matters. And, and we're limited in that way. So right off the bat, we realize that life is going to get messy. We're going to get stressed. We're going to not know the right answer to the problem that is in front of us. We're going to have limitations in how we can focus and, and what we can hear and what we can know. We're going to have limitations. So guess what? The Holy Spirit, the person, not the power, but the person of the Holy Spirit, the person of God, then gets active in this process of us needing to talk to God so that we know and learn how to lean into Him and depend on Him. He gets active. This is what he does. It says here that because he realizes that we don't always have all the answers, and we don't always pray the correct way, he says that he himself intercedes. In other words, he, he steps in front. He gets in the middle. He gets involved. He intercedes with unspoken groanings. Now, if you've ever been in a place in life to where you have gotten the news that have, has made your knees buckle, you know what it's like to, to know that you probably ought to pray, or you've been hurt bad enough or frustrated bad enough, you know you ought to pray, but if you're really honest with yourself, you're like me. You know you ought to, but when you stop, you get quiet, and when you think words should start flowing, nothing comes out. Because hurt runs deep. Because we are stressed. And we don't know what to do. So we go, I don't even have the right words. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit doesn't just say, well, you know what? I'm here kind of waiting. If you give me some words, I'll have something to use. Waiting, waiting. No, he goes, he goes deeper than the words that we have. He goes to this, this other level where it's only just a sigh or a groan. You ever, you ever felt so frustrated, so hurt, so something that you didn't even have a word, you just made a sound? I mean, it could have been an R, it could have been a, it could have been whatever. Like it was just, an, it was, just, it was a noise, but it was just, it was just a noise. 
And we all know that that communicates something clearly. It wasn't somebody that just walked in the room wouldn't know, but, but, but out of our soul, out of our heart, it had a lot of meaning in it. The Holy Spirit says, that's, that's where I'm just swimming around in. That's where I live. That's where I'm working. Because it's on that level, on that raw emotion, on that real feeling, on that real decision, it's in that level that the Holy Spirit knows that we need Him to act, we need Him to speak, and we, we need His thoughts. Why do we need His thoughts? I mean, look at it. In verse, 17, I mean, in verse 27, it says that He, Jesus, He's searching our hearts. He knows the mind of the Spirit. He knows what's going on in the deepest parts of us that we hide. And He knows everything that God is thinking. He, he knows it all. And he's, he's digging around in there. And it says that, that the Holy Spirit, again, steps in on behalf of us according to the will of God. So here's, here's the great thing about what, what, what the Holy Spirit is doing. When you don't know what to do, when you have no clue of what to do, here's what the Holy Spirit is, in fact, doing. He's taking our lostness, our confusion, and our frustration... He's taking all of that, then he's grabbing hold of the will of God. In other words, the thing that should be done to give God credit and to work good for our lives. He's taking both of those, and he's gripping both of them and wanting to bring us to a place where they both meet each other. He's actively doing that. So guess what? That tells us right away in two simple verses that you don't have to have it all figured out yet. But we do have to lean in and depend and trust. And we do have to be active. Because it's one thing to not have the words to pray. It's another thing to not pray. It's a far, far difference. It's one thing to be so lost that we don't know what to do, right? Double-minded in prayer. You hear about a sickness. You hear about a relationship breakup, you hear about something, and, and, and you don't know whether to pray for healing or to pray for peace to accept it. Like, you, you go and you like, which one do I pray for? What, like, what's the right thing? I don't know. The Holy Spirit goes deeper, and he says, all right, I'm going to start communication with God for you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lead you into starting to figure out which one of those things to pray. Because we don't pray for healing because we just think it's a good idea. That's a bold spirit-led prayer. When God puts it in us and in our souls to pray for miraculous healing, that's the safest thing for us to pray for because he has the, both the will of God and our confusion hand in hand. Now, I really want this to encourage you. So I want you to look at a couple things, or in fact, I think four things with me really out of this to, to, to make sure that we lock ourselves into some encouragement and hope because on Mother's Day, the people that have wanted to encourage us so much, uh, the Holy Spirit wants to do the same thing for us and work encouragement in us. So I, I want you to grab onto these things. The first thing is this, that you don't have to know the will of God to begin speaking to Him. You don't have to know. You, you don't have to have it all figured out to just simply begin the conversation with God. You just start talking. Because, think about this, if the Holy Spirit is going to go deeper than the words that you or I could find, then, then I want to pour some major words into that prayer so he can just dive in deeper than that. I want to set the depth as low as I can go so he can continue to go deeper into the heart of God. You don't have to have it all figured out. If, if you're carrying the pressure, and listen, I, moms, Mother's Day, moms, I don't get, I, okay, I have my own issues with my own emotions. 
if I had to carry what you carry, my brain would explode, right? Like, I grew up with a mom who raised two kids on her own. Like, I don't get um, the, the level, the depth that you always care, the social pressure that's on you. Like, I, I, like when I start to talk to Wendy, sometimes I have to just sit down because I realize that I'm the one that came in the conversation way shallow and she came in way deep. Because what I'm thinking of and what I'm caring most about is not as intricate, it's not as detailed, it's not as deep and as involved in so many directions as what God has given her the heart to care about and what he's given you moms and ladies the hearts to care about. It doesn't mean the same thing to all of us in the room that it does for you. And that's not wrong just for us. It's right for you because that's what the gift that God has given you. And on top of caring so much, you, you, you carry social pressure on you. It, it, we live in a ridiculous society. Hey, moms, no matter what age you are, carry a human for nine months. Let them like literally defy gravity in your body. And, but now, once you have that baby, you're on a, you're on a time schedule. You've got about a couple months, and that body's got to get back to whatever it was at 16. Like, like I, don't, I don't get it. I don't know how you cope. I don't know how you go to work, you care about your kids the way you care about your kids, and you stress over them, and, and come home and deal with an ignorant guy like me or whoever the bum is you're living with, and, and, and still just lay down and close your eyes and actually fall asleep at night. When you wonder, does this person I'm married to get it? I, no, no, it's simply no. It, 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 do, your friend, do your kids get it? Like, moms, what you're caring about, do your kids get it? No, you know they don't get it because you didn't care about it at their age. And, and you also carry on top of all that the pressure that you you, you got to have all the answers. And many of us that are not moms in the rooms carry the same kind of pressure. Don't have to figure it all out before we talk to God. When you don't understand everything, God understands you. Jesus is searching you and me out on a rate and a level that we can't possibly catch up with. We do carry a lot of confusion. But Jesus that is searching us knows everything. He knows what's going on in us. He knows what we don't get. But he ultimately knows what God is doing. That's why we pray. That's why we go to that relationship. Your lack of understanding or high level of stress does not limit what God can do for you. Ephesians 3.20 says that God can do exceedingly abundantly more than we ask or think. Philippians 4.7 says there's peace that passes all human understanding. That's what the Holy Spirit is up to. It doesn't matter that you can't find it on your own. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. Um, th this past week, one of my kids brought home a, a paper, and it was for Mother's Day. Or it wasn't quite themed to Mother's Day, but it was, it was kind of working them towards it, and they were supposed to write some things about themselves. So I grabbed it, and I read it, and I was like, all right, cool. You know, uh, yeah, you're good at that. Uh, yeah, that's cool. I like the, you know, I'm sure that, that, that that's a good part of your personality. That's nice. And I just put the paper down. I keep rolling. Wendy picks it up, and she reads it, and she starts asking questions that I didn't even think about that are aimed at how my son really feels about himself and, and why did you word it this way? What's that mean? And all of a sudden, he opens up about something that I'm totally clueless of. 
And I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that, and that's a, common mom, that's a common mom ability because you moms just, like, you just know. You just, you just seem to know. If you don't know all the answers, you just know there's more behind it. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit does, too. Where I may be limited, I don't, I don't restrain Him from going farther. And finally, the Holy Spirit is working for you, not against you. One of the wrap-up verses in this chapter, verse 26, it says that since that God is for us, who can be against us? Since God is for us, who can really be against us? Whether you're a mom or you're not, the person of the Holy Spirit is working in some amazing ways in your life. You may not be aware of it. You, you, you may be stressed about life and and all the questions you don't know. But part of what I wanted to do this morning is, is to share God's truth with you so that you do know, why did God even create this prayer, this conversation between me and Him? Like, why would He do that? And, then, and in knowing why He did that, okay, so if it's got a purpose to it, and I, I can easily look at my life and go, I, I, I don't come into that ready. I don't know exactly. I don't always pray exactly the right way. I've got limitations. I've got weaknesses. It's important to know that it, we're not a lost cause. It's important to know that it really doesn't matter how far you can go because the person of the Holy Spirit is always connecting us and God directly with everything in our lives. I want you to know that. I want you to be encouraged by that, that there is a person of God in you, if you're saved, working for you. For you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second? Um, having the Holy Spirit inside of us is something that can only happen following salvation. Believing in Jesus Christ and everything that He did and going to God for forgiveness and going to God for a relationship. That starts with us in prayer, this thing that God created. Going to God and saying, God, yes, it's all you. You did it. It's not any good works that I did. You did it. You get glory. You get credit. You did everything that you had to do to offer me a relationship with you. I want that relationship. That's how we begin salvation. If you, if, you're, if you do that, if you pray that today while you're here in the service, take one of our blue cards and just, even if you don't talk to me, check, I became a Christian today. So we can pray over you and encourage you and just send you some information about what your next steps are. We can pray about that and talk about that before, like during this service, after this service. It's the most important thing that you could do today. It's the most important question to ever come to in your life. It's what the Holy Spirit's working towards and wants to give you confidence in. But if you've done that and you still feel at days and through seasons of your life disconnected, lost, stressed, frustrated, without answers, you're not doing this by yourself. God is there. He is for you. You may say, well, I don't hear him. I didn't get the answer that I was looking for. Well, again, that gives us confidence. If we don't get the answer we're looking for, then that reminds us that there was an answer that God had. And ultimately, that would point people to him. It's hard. I get it. It is hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for you. It was hard for people in the Bible as well. They, they saw Jesus face to face, and they still had a tough time with it. Lower the bar of expectation on yourself to go, I can struggle and be frustrated with God not answering it the way I want to and still work on trusting him that maybe I don't see it all.
That's one step of growth that the Holy Spirit can work with us all in. As I pray, we're going to follow that by just a, a brief time in worship. And we would love to pray with you right now if you want to come up front. We'll, we'll, we'll pray with you over whatever's going on in your life. Whatever you need to do with God, we'll, we'll be there. If you stay still, sing out. If you don't have the heart and the feeling and the, and, and the courage and the boldness to sing, then think deep. Pray deep and let the Holy Spirit go deeper. God, thank you so much for who you are and what you do in our lives. We love you. We're grateful for you, God. You've blessed us with your presence today. You've given us your word. You've allowed us to sing in response to the truth of the gospel of who Jesus is. Lord, everything that you help us with, everything you're working in us on, Lord, is, is for us. And, and it doesn't always feel that way to us. We don't always interpret it that way. We start thinking about what we would prefer. And, and, and God, you know that because, Jesus, you search all that out in us. You know when that's happening. You know when it's coming up. So, God, just help us as best we can to set one thing aside that's pulling us away from you and then to embrace one simple thing that would allow us to go one step closer to you. God, help us to trust, help us to pray, help us to understand why some of these things are in our lives. And God, number one, Lord, help us to be encouraged that your spirit, the person of you, God, is in us, working for us, working us to you. God, if we know you, if we're your child. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we sing?